Greetings, citizens of Earth. You are barking a happy tune with my pal Smurf of Smurf and the Magic Tones on 5280 Geek. Live from the biggest Studios, it is Weekend Geek Update. Smurf here. Welcome to 2024. First podcast of the year. Took a little time off, uh, unplugged, recharged, and just, you know, got re- re-centered, refocused. It feels like it's been forever, though. The The holiday season has come and went. A bomb-frozen cyclone has come and, and went. And it's just a wild, wild world we live in. But before we get to what's going on, what's on deck, and so many things to talk to you about, let's talk about our sponsors and actually our first event for uh, the season, for the year. Uh, We would like to announce, and sponsoring the podcast, of course, uh, the Colorado Festival of Horror, and our first event for the 2024 um, season featuring Harry Warden, who is the minor. of the uh, classic, brutal, fantastic, my bloody Valentine, Peter uh, Copper is going to be in person the uh, for this event. We are holding it February 16th at the uh, Broad and Decker Theater in the Dairy Arts Center in Boulder. Uh, the address is 2590 Walnut Street, and uh, this will be starting at... 7.30, opening up. Um, the film will be at 8.30. And then right after the, uh, the the movie, yours truly, me, Smurf, will be sitting down and doing a little Q&A and a little, little interview with Peter to talk about My Bloody Valentine and, you know, just kind of what's went into it and other stuff. I, I mean, I've already started working on some questions. I don't want to bore you with them. I'll save them. And that means you just have to come to the February 16th event and, and come and hang out. And what better way to spend the Valentine Day weekend than, you know, mass murders? <laughs> it's almost better than teenage murders. But I'm actually really excited about this. We over at the Colorado Festival of Horror um, have got some new things coming up that we want to like ingratiate the the horror community with, and you will see some more stuff like this between uh, events and and some special screenings and some things we got planned, and we're excited for the 2024 season, and of course. Our launch, our announcement, is that we are returning for September 13th, 14th, and 15th this year to uh, to the Colorado Festival Horror, to our same venue over in Park Meadows, and uh, more to come, so much more. We will be announcing our first guest soon, actually. We're just waiting on uh, some details, but we've already got our first guest lined up, and the announcement is just... Just waiting on on the details. Waiting for the ink to dry, if you will. Uh, so check that out. Keep an eye out. There will be some some more changes coming for um, us, for them, for, for everyone. Because it's a new year. And, you know, gosh darn it, we, we, we deserve nice things. There are some tickets still available for the My Bloody Valentine event. The link is below. Go get in. Hang out, have a good time, uh, because 
you know, love, minor, pickaxe, digging deep for your heart. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I was, I don't know where I was going with that one, but yeah, I've been off. I'm, I'm out of sorts. I, I'm trying to, trying to get back into the swing of things. So what's gone on? It's an excellent question. Let's start off with uh, Monarch. Now, the series came to its season finale, and holy lord, absolutely fantastic. Loved this show. The And, and if you don't have Apple... Um, TV, maybe you can get it for one of the free uh, downloads or you know limited subscription engagements. But this thing was spectacular. My only hope is as we go into the new season, we get more with Godzilla Kong, and this ties it all together because there were some great monsters. There's some great points. There's so many things that. This series did right that um, I'm I'm absolutely in, enamored with the show. I, I hope it comes back. I'm sure it will. There's no reason that I couldn't imagine them not bringing this back. And like I said, I've seen more monsters in the the Monarch series than I did in like the first Godzilla film, which was was so so well done and it's it's perfect. Kurt Russell's character is is brilliant. I I love I love that guy. Love that guy. I will be getting to um, Echo. Actually, this week, for my take, we're going to do a little uh, Echo versus Brother's Son, who I've kind of watched like simultaneously, and just based on how that whole that whole story went and everything between my brother's son and Echo, I will be my take coming up. Before we get to that, though, let's get caught up on um, Doctor Who news, which, if you haven't been paying attention, um, the Christmas special came out. It was a hit. I enjoyed it. It was really good. Um, Fast forward now to the new year, and it looks like the new season of Doctor Who is going to land May of 2024. But there is already drama coming out of the new um the new set. So evidently they're already filming the the next season. They've renumbered the seasons to like 1 and 2 and I don't know if that's indicative of Russell T Davies's return or they're just trying to be cute or uh, you know new season, new doctor, new new everything. So they're calling it season 1 and season 2. So the end of season one, uh, Millie Gibson, who plays Ruby Sunday, is already departing the show. Now, it seems really ob- obscure and odd. No one's really talking or saying anything, which speaks volumes. And that's that's, that's where the story kind of starts to to gather some, some steam, if you will. Because if there's no real story... Then, then you know, hey, I'm just leaving. I'm going to go. I got other jobs. I got other this. So I don't know if uh, she just didn't do well. We haven't seen her performance yet. Or uh, it was just, you know, a one and done. And they didn't decide to tell anybody because they didn't want to rock the boat too early without getting the fans to buy in, to, to jump in on this. And it reminds me a lot of when uh, Christopher Eccleston jumped in as the Doctor brought it back in um, the early aughts to get things going again. So it almost feels like a weird bait and switch to me. So I don't, 
I don't know. And I'm 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 curious what we're going to see. There seems to be a little bit of revisit in some of like the 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 places we've been, uh the wardrobe and the backgrounds and it's amazing what you can do with a budget, but it is obviously reflecting in the sets and the designs and everything that we've seen for the publicity photos of of the new season. Personally, I don't know. There there are some very weird uh similarities like um the person that waits it, it it really strikes me as uh you know a, a marvel villain you know like the one at the end of time or you know it just it seems very very weird and i don't know i'm hoping that i'm wrong i really am i want to see doctor who return to the glory that it was and 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 try and get as far away from the chimnal wreck that we we received but i it <clears throat> I've talked to a couple of other Doctor Who fans. Yes, we were we were holding secret meetings at coffee shops across the country. Um, so some of the Doctor Who fans that I've spoken with have the same feeling and kind of um, reaction that I do that they don't want to rush judgments. They're they're you know wildly optimistic, and like I said, what we have seen shows promise what we what we've kind of experienced in in the direction and it has all the right feels it has the music back it has you know the the quirkiness and everything but is it too over the top is it believable is it is it still the doctor and that's usually been the question that we've received and that's usually any time the doctor regenerates is he still the doctor and I know it actually even was called out into question when dealing with Peter Capaldi's doctor of Am I a Good Man? And why did I choose this choose this face? So with all of that said and everything in mind, there are some conflicting perspectives and thoughts. But all in all, Doctor Who fans are still Doctor Who fans. We want to see the Doctor. We want to see the TARDIS. We want to see monsters and and deep space and time and 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 all of that rolled into one big happy behind the couch knee knocking moment. Will it happen? Fingers crossed. But that's kind of where everyone is sitting with that. The story, however, with Millie Gibson, I'm still waiting to hear more on. I know there's something there, and, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just you know it was one done maybe maybe she did not impress i thought she was great and a plucky happy little companion but we've seen this before in the past where you know they're in and they're out bill donna the first time uh what's her face martha um rebound a, a companion that i like to refer to her as so there have been these times where they they're they're there for a little while. Chameleon, <laughs> we'll go way back. We'll go to we'll go to the chameleon. I think he only I think he only made it a season, if maybe just a couple of trips in the TARDIS. But there there are these 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 times, and that's just how it is. It just seems so strange to me that we're dealing with this so quickly out of the box. I figure you'd at least try to get two in before you venture out into it and i don't know maybe she just wanted to be able to do the doctor who conventions and the comic book conventions and and call it good then comes um another i um yeah so here's a question and this is something that um 
I'm, I'm, it's, a, it's a question that I'm trying to phrase properly because the way the person asked it to me was very interesting. But it was along the lines of um, with the, the new streaming services and just how streaming has broken um, viewing TV and movies. That streaming has broken um, pop culture. And I thought that was a very interesting question because they're all like, you know, shows that leave impressions um, and a lasting one versus just that don't. And their 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 point and and I can kind of I've mentioned this before and I get behind it sometimes where the, the amount of time and, and in specific, uh, we're, we're looking at um, two shows that will be coming back. One of which I'm I'm very excited to see. Um, I don't remember much of it, uh, and that's Halo Season 2, which we haven't seen for a couple of years. Same thing with Peacemaker Season 2, both of which um, are, are remarkable. And of those two shows, I can tell you more about Peacemaker and how that story went versus Halo Season 2. I'll get to Peacemaker in a second, but Halo Season 2 is set to premiere February 8th. And the the only thing, here's the bad thing, two things, two things, two things, that stand out in my mind, that Master Chief was a great choice. The guy that played the Irishman out of American Gods is spectacular. I love his work. I love everything he does. I think his, um, his, his portrayal of... The Master Chief is is spot on. What bothered me is the removal of the Master Chief's helmet. That's kind of like the whole premise behind Halo and the reflective mask is that you see yourself in the character, that you're the Master Chief. And as much as I know we can't do that because it's a show and there's a whole point and process that goes into it, past that, I really couldn't tell you too much about Halo. I mean, there were some great special effects, amazing fight scenes. The creatures looked realistic, but past that, eh. Trying to give the Master Chief a a history um, and, and and kind of expand on him is is great, and I'm sure I'll I'll revisit. But it goes back to the question of do they leave a lasting impression? Because you've got. Uh, so much time that goes between them and having episodes drag out and you know weekly releases and all of that is is makes sense it's perfect but is it leaving a lasting impression it's it's breaking tv breaking movies perhaps i am looking forward to season 2 just simply because it looks like it deals a little bit more with the actual halo it's what we've been building up to the first season i understand was groundwork it was trying to establish the the halo universe and when what has gone on what to expect and almost felt like just trying to work the bugs out to figure out how we're going to move forward with this and you know tell the story that we know in the video games that we've that we've lived in the video games and that we know so well with hints of like what happens at Reach and, and all of these other things that have built up this this game in a lot of people's minds, mine included, my brothers, you know, Titus, we would spend hours killing each other. So <laughs> and, and later on in life when, you know, each new 
game came out, we we were there. We we it was it was a bonding moment. It was a time to get together. So where Halo has this this transport of you know pulling in the fans and getting new people involved, it's great. But again, too long. And then you have Peacemaker, which we we don't know much about. We do know that it is coming back, and that without a shadow of a doubt, James Gunn has said that um, he's he's coming back. But here's the thing: don't expect filming to start on this anytime soon. He, as it is, Superman Legacy does not start filming until March. Thankfully, Gunn has also gone on the record to say that he's not going to be doing any kind of like, you know, reboots or anything else like that. And was directly quoted, quoted, excuse me, saying, because it's my favorite thing to do. It's the biggest original Mac show ever and I have a way in. It won't be confusing. And that's encouraging. I loved Peacemaker. This show took me by surprise. I did not want to like this show. I don't care for the Peacemaker character really at all. I mean, I loved him showing up in Suicide Squad. He served a purpose. It worked well, and it was fine. And I don't know if it was just because of Gunn's writing and how he can just portray characters. I don't know if it's just because Cena finally learned how to act and act and relax in front of the camera. There are so many different things that went into that show that I absolutely adored. And of course, yes, Vigilante, the poor man's Deadpool. So there are some elements in this series that I absolutely love. And I can, again, go back and actually tell you specific things about the show. I remember more about this show than I do Halo, and I have a much stronger emotional attachment to the Halo franchise than I ever will to Peacemaker. So it comes down to, are these series memorable? What's making them memorable? It's not being able to binge them all at once, and I don't know if the availability of going back and being able to watch them again is... You know, appealing anymore just simply because there's so much that continues to come. Looking at my my docket for today's podcast, there's no way I can go over all of the things that are coming out that are slated for 2024 in this podcast. I would bore you to tears. I know, too late, right? <laughs> but here's the problem. Is it too much? And I'm saying yes. We have streaming platforms that have gone like absolutely bonkers now you have peacock joining in i mean come on you're you're a network network station just put it on the network no one needs to stream it they just go watch your channel so i'm and and it just keeps getting deeper and deeper but i digress is the system broken yeah it is. Again, I'm looking more forward to Peacemaker. We have no idea when we will see it, and it's going to probably be... I mean, Gunn's system and how he films, I don't think he spent more than six months filming a project. I mean, everything, even like Guardians, uh, even with Suicide Squad, everything that Gunn has produced, he has been able to get everything wrapped up and done within a six-month span for filming and getting it in the can. So we'll we'll probably see, 
I mean, he, the man can keep a schedule. But I'd, again, when are we going to see Peacemaker? It probably won't be until 2025. So will the memories and the enthusiasm and the excitement for Peacemaker fade? Maybe. I don't know. Will I be more inclined to jump back in on the Halo bandwagon depending upon what they produce? It's an excellent question, and I wish I had a better answer. But right now, I don't. All I know is they. it comes down to this, the writing. And I'm going to get to this, especially when I'm going to do um, my take on Echo and Brother Son. Because there's... There's some, there's some, there's some elements in both that that send this message home, because there are no bad characters. There's only bad writers. There's only bad stories, or stories that don't take the time to 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 pull you in, to get it going. And I think that that's becoming more obvious as we as we expand into this. Case in point, um, one of the movies that I just watched and I was like, eh, okay, um, was Lift. This is the new Kevin Hart action film that he's been working on and or worked on. And needless to say, okay. I, I, I mean, I wasn't like swept away. He's no George Clooney. He's no Daniel Ocean. This isn't... Uh, Ocean's Eleven. This isn't um, even so much as Snatch or um, The Italian Job. We have all these characters, and maybe this is the problem, because of them trying to to put so much in, to check so many boxes, to get all of these, these, these characters in there, it eliminates the time and the ability to tell a story. And then you have the issue and the slope of how much time do you allot? Is it a film or is it a miniseries? Is it a miniseries or is it a full-blown series? And you start running into the problem of how much can you actually write. Lyft, I think, has the potential of being something better if they had turned it into a, like a three-episode uh, arc. If it would have been a mini series, so that we can have like expanded on some of these characters and had fun with these characters, because these characters I wanted to like. There were um, cool, kind of quirky things about them. There was a history that we never got to see, and where you're dealing with like the Italian job, and everyone just kind of clicks and has their like their back and forth and their moments. Um, we, they try to do that with Lyft, but it just falls short. And I don't know if it's just because Kevin Hart is not a leading man. And I, I know I know that may come as a shock to some of you, but Kevin Hart is not a leading man. He's 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 decent, but he's not charming enough. He doesn't have okay, I don't know what I'm about to say. He doesn't have the swagger, okay? Kevin Hart does not have the swagger. The man is funny. I love his stand-up. But he's more of a sidekick. He's more of a punchline. He's more of someone that um, I could see doing one of the other other roles, but not the lead. And I know he wants to be a leading man. Everyone wants to be a leading man. It's, it's your story, right? We're just all participating around you. And I think that's where this falls short. And I don't want to blame it's solely on him or put the weight entirely on his shoulders but there's there's story to be had but there's no time for it there's too many things going on there's too many things crammed into it um where <laughs> obliterated 
which is another Netflix show that I'm <laughs> that's just wild. And again, I could have seen this as an easy just, you know, uh, a, a movie, you know, and, and call it done. But they, you know, spaced it out. And it's it's interesting. It dragged out a little bit. But OK, explosions, booze, boobs and Vegas. How can you go wrong? Right. But I think Lyft, where it, it, there, there's no surprises. There really isn't. And the the effects are great. The stunt work is good. But there's no surprises in this story. There really isn't. You see it coming. You, you And maybe just because it's been done before. The only element that they added was that it's in an airplane. And, again, I think Samuel L. Jackson with Snakes on a Plane was less predictive than this. So... I'm again I liked it. It was it was okay. It was a good filler, but I'm never going back to that film again. Ever. Ever ever. So there you have it. Where you know Monarch Monarch had me. Monarch hooked me and I loved the story. That one I would I'll go back to. Absolutely. And how they explored kind of like the underneath, which we get a uh, a, a peek at in the last Kong versus uh, Godzilla film, and to just see that explained and expanded upon, and, and took the time to tell the story, I'm all for it. And I know it it doesn't always come down to story. And I know story isn't always the answer, but a lot of the times it is. It really is. But you know, I digress. What else have we got going on? Um, new trailers that landed. Um, Bad Batch. Final season is coming, and I, I shed a giant crocodile tear. Yesterday, in case you missed it, we posted up the new trailer on 5280geek.com and the Facebook page. Go check it out. And if you've been like me, you've been completely bought in on this story. I love the clones. I love this little void between uh, Revenge of the Sith and New Hope and just this whole amount of time that we don't know about. We get Rogue One and we get a couple of other like Rebels and some other stories that fill in these holes. But I really have like bought in and love the Bad Batch simply because they're clone troopers. We get some more on uh, the clones and what happened at uh, Camino and just... It, it, it's I know total fan service. It really is. But at least it's fun fan service. So we get a release date and a trailer for the final season of the uh, the Bad Batch. And I, I, I'm sad. As much as I can understand that you can probably... You only can go so far before you start running into other timelines and other things. And they we know what happens to some of the the Bad Batch, the troopers. Because we see them later. We see them in um, the, uh, ouch, excuse me, uh, the bad, not bad batch, but uh, rebels. We get, you know, bits and pieces as we have gone along and they have told the stories. So it's, it's, it's sad. I don't want to see it end, but I'm excited to see where we go. Based on how it ended last season, so much to go. But, of course, it's no surprise of what, the date is that this is coming out. Of course, the beginning of the season will be May 1st, 2024, right on top of May the 4th be with you. So the, the total planning, total total pulls everybody in just to promote May the 4th, which is awesome. There're going to be 15 episodes for this final arc, which is even better because 
I want I want as much story as we can get. The trailer kind of you know alludes to what's going on with the dark side, the emperor, um, them trying to figure out you know the the cloning of uh, Omega and just so many so many fun elements. I'm I'm more than more than happy to jump in on this and just see this right to the end because it is spectacular. I will go back and watch all of them. There's there's no doubt in my mind. This one I will go back and and get caught up, get refreshed a little bit. Again, I remember most of all of the storylines and everything that's gone on, but um, I, I actually want to see more of Crosshair just because of how they've treated this character. How we we know what happens to Crosshair, but just I want the rest of the story and going back and revisiting and just seeing how that's progressed. I'm I'm that's that's who am I hooked on right now. And another surprise, and something that uh, I had I had a source tell me one thing, and now I'm seeing something else, and that is regards to Marvel Studios' What If, and I'm I don't know. There is going to be a season three. I was told that there wasn't, and this was just kind of the end. But evidently, Marvel has other plans, and the animation department has been hard at work that they released some stills of what the uh, characters that they'll be focusing in on season three. There is no release date yet, but a lot of the stories and everything that's coming out, we're going to see uh, Anthony Mackie uh, return as Captain America, in addition to David Harbour, who uh, played uh, the uh, the Russian uh, Crimson Commando, which was freaking, or no, excuse me, Red Guardian, which was freaking awesome. Um I just wish they would have used his character better. Um, but there is more to come. Of course, um, Hallie Atwell returning as uh, her her Captain Britain, Captain Carter, um, was the focus for this this season, and it was it was fine. It was fun. We did get like a sixteen oh two odd little little story, and it wasn't bad. And we even got Chris Evans to come back in and voice Captain America. I I don't have anything against these what ifs and they kind of are fun to watch. I did like how they came out in uh one a week or excuse me one a day and over the course of a week. It was fun. I liked it. Uh but I wasn't like moved one way or the other. There's some interesting liberties taken and that's what you kind of expect with what ifs. And that was kind of the fun of the comic book. So when you're dealing with, you know, uh the whole premise behind what if, I mean, one of the best ones that I think is still if uh, Black Panther had become the, uh, had become Star-Lord and ran the Guardians of the Galaxy. And I, I thought that was like one of the, the best stories out there. So I like that they're at least trying to keep people engaged, keep people entertained. And it's fun. As far as any what we'll get when for season three is anyone's guess. Um, if you didn't watch the What Us for season two, it's worth a watch. Uh, there's some fun things. I'm kind of waiting, to be honest with you, I'm waiting to, for them to kind of bring more of the X-Men in. And I honestly thought it made sense to me that this would be the end of What If, simply because we kind of got rid of the multiverse. We kind of stepped away with everything that's happened with the uh, the Kang situation uh, and them kind of moving on past that. I think the, the attempt to pull off 
the the multiverse didn't go ex- exactly as planned, and it it didn't help when one of the actors that's the key element to it goes completely off the rails. I still think that they could have gotten around that. They could they could still go back and re revisit Kang, but um, I think that 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 ship has sailed, and I don't think they were really in complete control of it to begin with. Because there's just it's it's too big. There's too much to it, and after a while, it just gets repetitive. I say I say um, focus on on our timeline. Focus in our universe. There's so many stories left to tell. There's so many things let yet to introduce. You don't have the Fantastic Four. We don't have the X Men, and I know that's all because of licensing rights and all of the bullshit that goes with it. But still, there there's there's a time to to do the other things and kind of like the one-offs and i know the the best handling of it was spider-man they they did that beautifully seamlessly and it all made sense it worked well and it ended precariously but it was it's still he's still my spidey he's still good and i don't know about madam webb and that's a that's a that's a podcast for another day um simply because uh, yes I digress. <laughs> but I think the multiverse was too big. It's too much to handle. Uh, the Secret Wars and that storyline and that bringing in the Beyonder can make... I can see that working. I could see that happening. And then it's even easier to pull from the multiverse. Other characters that shouldn't be here that are that the Beyonder pulled in and sets up this this grand tapestry for Secret Wars. I don't know if they're going to be that clever about it, but, you know, they might. And and speaking of they might, we don't know what's going on, to be honest with you, in the Marvel camp. Stephen Yin, who was supposedly signed on for the new Thunderbolts series, which I was absolutely excited about them doing because we get Red Hulk, we get the beetle who is one of my favorite villains i know he's 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 still a dude in the suit but the beetle's just fun and if you've ever watched amazing spider-man spider-man and his amazing friends you you, the beetle was badass okay and he sounded like a bug (laughs) but i know that them trying to get steven yen in there for the thunderbolts and all of that um is unlikely and there was an article that was released not long ago, um, about Yen to have said to have joined the Thunderbolts, and evidently that was um, not exactly accurate. Uh, Marvel never confirmed Yen's involvement in the Thunderbirds, so uh, Thunderbolts. So it is inevitably, inevitably, Jesus, unlikely that the studio will uh, commit on whether he's actually left the project. Even so, we've reached out to Marvel, me and my people. Uh, to find out if there's an official statement or anything else, and there really isn't. And this doesn't come as a surprise, especially when I'm seeing Steven do, like, other stuff, like Beef, great, great series on Netflix, totally worth watching. Um, And then, of course, him voicing uh, Invincible, which has been on hiatus, and for those paying attention, Invincible will be back uh, for the second half of Season 2 on March 14th. But I'm, I'm I don't see him doing this, and and I I don't think he's ever really was part of Marvel. He seems too entrenched in his other projects that I don't see him doing um, anything 
like this. So that's why I was surprised when I heard he was going to be part of the Thunderbolts. I do like Thunderbolts. I just wasn't sure who he was going to be. But it doesn't look like he's going to be part of the action anytime soon. Sorry, guys. Other trailers and in video game news, we finally got the game that fans have been screaming for. Of course, you know, you don't have to look far because it's called Tomb Raider. But Indiana Jones and the Great Circle had a trailer drop from, um, I think it's Bethesda is doing this one. And it looks amazing. Like, I know, I think... I don't think Harrison Ford actually has voiced Indy, but they've pulled different clips from films and his works to piece this together, which is kind of annoying because I think Indy would say things differently. But the trailer and gameplay looks spectacular. I mean, it does add a lot of fun elements. According to the game synopsis, uncover one of history's greatest mysteries in the first person single player adventure. The year is 1937. Sinister forces are scouring the globe for the secret to an ancient power connected to the Great Circle, and only one person can stop them. Indiana Jones. Dr. Jones! Uh, The game is set to release sometime in 2024. I know they're taking pre-orders and all of that, but as far as when we will see this is a great question. And it does seem to have a lot of Tomb Raider elements to it, the puzzle solving, um, the interaction, but it is indie without without any mistake. The whip, uh, we, even, we even get some fun interaction on how to use it. And, of course, the puzzle solving and all that is isn't as a page right out of Tomb Raider. It really is. Um, and like I said, why it's taken so long for them to do this is a great question. And I'm sure a lot of it has to do with licensing and getting the, the rights to Indiana Jones. But worth the the pickup even for just Indiana Jones fans or anyone that even Tomb Raider fans. I can see like a lot of people getting in on this for the the Tomb Raider element of it. And it looks like I said, it looks spectacular. They captured Indy's likeness pretty pretty damn pretty damn good. I can guarantee you I will be picking this up. I, I haven't picked up a game for quite a while. I was also thinking of getting Suicide Squad. I don't know yet. I'm kind of waiting to hear back from a couple of friends that are reviewing that game currently. And I'm going to wait, I think. I don't know. I might. We'll see. And kind of keeping with the video game vibe, LEGO leaks a new Legend of Zelda set that they're talking about releasing this year. Lego has ventured into some very interesting territory lately. And I have to say, I don't, as much as I like what I'm seeing, I don't know where I would put it. I don't, it doesn't fit the decor. I mean, a Polaroid instant camera. I mean, mm, I don't, I don't see that going in, into my collection anytime soon, but some of the game consoles and the things that, lego has focused on from a pop culture standpoint has been spectacular the guitar sets absolutely again where i'm going to put it has been the 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 larger question of whether or not i like it it's more of a space question than a cool connection so now we have lego 
talking about doing Legend of Zelda sets, and I was absolutely enamored with the thought of them doing this because after I saw the Mario set, the Sonic set, which of course they say they're still going to be producing those sets coming out um, throughout the year as well. So we're going to see Legend of Zelda, and I think there's some set as early as the beginning of first quarter for um, for Legend of Zelda. Now, according to one of the other sources, um, the Legend of Zelda will start with the Great Duke Tree. And this is going to be a huge set in scale. And they're saying it's got 2,500 pieces, and that is a very large set. However, there's other things from Zelda from, like, Breath of the Wild, and things, like, that were leaked have yet to be confirmed, confirmed, but it's on a pretty good, um, plat- or it's a pretty good source. So, I, I, I don't know where I'm going to put Zelda. I want it. I need it. I want the tree. But, um, God, one more one more thing. Uh, but I want it if if they could do the original like Zelda game. I know I, I, there's a lot of other games and there's a lot of open worlds out there. But what I loved about the first Zelda game was the the dungeons, all right, and the mazes. So and you know maze two, you got to go down there and get your sword and all that. But the the if they could do that, that's what I want to see. I want to see the labyrinth. I want to see. The Legend of Zelda maze. I, I, that's all I want. I, I mean, the tree is fine. The, the the characters, I'm sure, will be great. And I know when they have done some of the Sonic stuff, they've done the the ramps and all of that. Of course, Mario, the the pipes for the plumbers. But I haven't seen like a full like maze room, which I think would be great. And you could have all of the little monsters and everything running around. <sighs> potential, potential. We'll see. Uh, and like I said, this is set to happen um, beginning of 2024. I haven't seen anything yet, but uh, as soon as you do, uh, you can guarantee I'll be at the front of the line. All right. The, the, the point we've all been waiting for. Yes, my take on Echo versus Brother Son. Now, I going in, saying this up front... Echo, I was rather indifferent in. She's never been an impressive character to me, but I was kind of excited to see what they were going to do with the character. And um, I don't know. I don't think... <sighs> Disney's not good at this anymore. <laughs> but let me, let me, let me establish some, some ground rules here. Some groundwork, if you will. Echo is is not the character in the comics that we get in on the screen. And there were some some differences, especially with like her her power set. She's never been, you know, a mystic. She's more of like Taskmaster where, you know, she can imitate anybody. She has muscle memory. So if she sees you do it once, she can uh, recreate it and makes her I think much more of a skilled fighter. And in the comics, I really do enjoy the character. Uh, B-League, B C-League, you know, never really got too much going on. But, I mean, all in all, David Mack delivered some impressive artwork for the story. And I, I, enjoy, I enjoy the comic. So when Disney said they were going to do this, um, I was, okay, fearful. 
and then, you know, after we saw the Hawkeye series, then things kind of was like a little little clearer and the potential again for something different, which again, always, always up for something different. But it has to be done right. And the problem that I have with Echo, and especially when watching uh, Brother Son at the same time, is the storytelling. The vehicle in which we we get through this this tale uh, is vastly different, but somewhat the same. The fighting and uh, the choreography and everything that go into both of these these shows is is great. It's it's spectacular. But Brother Son is absolutely on an all different level than Echo. Echo, I found fine. It was okay, um, but boring. The, I know this show was supposed to be longer. Thank God it wasn't. Um, but with the exception of the first episode, which we get kind of a retelling, an establishment of the character, where we were, uh, how we got here, it, 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 it petered off. We have a brief, a brief moment of Echo facing off against Daredevil, which was great. But then Daredevil just runs away from the fight, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense knowing the Daredevil character. And for Marvel to be promising us that this is supposed to be like um, a gritty Daredevil-esque uh, show uh, event is is far from the truth. Uh, there was nothing that really led to any... Uh, mature rating that they were pushing or anything else. In fact, I could have easily seen this on network television, and I don't think you would have been in any danger of upsetting the censors. The 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 character development is just slow, and I and I don't care. And there's a lot of just st- st- I, I don't want to say stereotypical characters, but there's just you know the the usual. There's no surprises. There's no there's no developing the characters the new power set is different it um is kind of a a departure from what i liked about the character because um it didn't okay here it is it didn't feel like a marvel movie to me this could have just easily been um sci-fi movie of the week and it would have been there would have been no different there was no real Marvel tie to this except for the beginning and when the Kingpin finally showed up, which he somehow survived a bullet point blank <laughs> to his eyeball. And the eyeball is still there. <laughs> um, I don't know how physics work, but I'm really I'm pretty sure a bullet point blank to the eyeball is going to do something besides scar your face. The the story is is fine. And and I'm not bagging on it because I do love um, the indigenous people storyline that we get. I, in fact, I would have liked to have seen them explore more of the heritage and um, the culture on that aspect than them driving up and down the same street showing the, you know, billboard of their location. I would like to have seen more than what they gave us. And they seem to be distracted on the points that could have developed the the character better the other thing that i have a problem with and why again this isn't a marvel movie is one of the formulas that marvel has worked on that works is the redemption the you know the the character knows they've done bad there are no repercussions for echo doing what she has done she is a for all intents and purposes villain a lost villain but a villain nonetheless that has 
done some some pretty horrible things. She's she's committed murder on on all different scale. She is, for all intents and purposes, an assassin. Now, Daredevil, yes, you can say is very intense and very gruesome, but he doesn't kill. Um, the Punisher does, and again, different kind of thing, but still he's trying to redeem himself at the end by not killing everybody. And he does have a code where echo was just kind of, you know, albeit killing for the kingpin, but it didn't really matter. And she endangers the ones that she cares the most by going back home when she's on the run. I know there's no place like home, but even uh, from a standpoint of if he is dead, there's going to be fallout. And I think the last thing you would want to do is drag your family into it. So I kind of had a problem with that. But at no time do we ever get kind of even like the thought that Echo is remorseful for the actions of which she has done. And I know it's, you know, criminal on criminal uh, violence, but still, murder's murder, right? The problem is I, we, I don't care. The character isn't developed enough and, and, and fleshed out enough by the end that I, I, I'm in, I, have any, I have no buy-in. I have no dog in this fight, and I don't, I don't care. Now, when I'm dealing with brother son on the other side, they they crafted a story between two brothers, one that is part of the the Yakuza and the other one who was pulled away from from the family business to be raised by his mother in California. So there is some fun little, you know, cultural moments, some some things that don't line up as far as what they're used to and what he's used to. And it's actually a very well thought out plot, although repetitive, but still thought out and. I wasn't surprised in when we got to the end of how this story went. And I do see the potential for a sequel. No spoilers, but it is there. And if you want to ask me how I see it, I'll tell you. But Brother Son delivers a story that's much more compelling and much more, I don't know, um, thought out. The whole premise and everything was way more compelling than Echo was. The characters way better developed, way better thought out than Echo was. And when it came down to it, the fights and the choreography and what we see is so much, is, is, like I said, it's all in an all new different level when you're dealing with Brother Son versus Ecto, Echo. Again, this Echo could have just been on network television set. There, I don't see anything that separates it from the Arrowverse. I know. Oh, how dare you. Brother Son Dude gets a golf club broken off on him. I mean, there there's some moments that are just brutal, but great. The fight sequences, the choreography, even the cinematography is on an all different level when you compare the two. And I know Disney's trying to reimagine Marvel, and I know maybe there are there is superhero fatigue, but there's no point in this in Echo that I feel like it's a superhero film. There is some alluding to the indigenous people's uh, heritage, to the lineage, to the, the, the characters' ties to their ancestors, which is interesting. It's a compelling um, story and an idea, but again, it just kind of comes through very sloppily at the end, and I don't feel that the storytelling in this was really all that well thought out. Because there's just some points where I'm just scratching my head. And we fall into the same traps that Marvel has kind of set for themselves with just the same characters doing the same things. The only thing that's changed is the actors. 
And that's what's disappointing. And I don't want to say South Park is right on something, but how they've depicted and painted the picture of what Disney is doing to Marvel and to superhero films is is damn near on point again on this. And I, I'm not fatigued on, on superhero films. I'm really not. In fact, again, Guardians is one of my favorite films of last year, and I, I stand by that. But is it a superhero movie, or is it more a space saga? I mean, just because Marvel's name's attached to it doesn't mean you have to live in the existence of comic books. It doesn't have to be a superhero movie. DC has made a living off of making films that are in the comics that uh, don't feel like superhero films, right? I just feel that we got kind of a bait and switch on on Echo. We have this this promise from Kevin Feige that this is going to be be gritty and this is going to be like Daredevil and this is what I wanted. This is what I want. I wanted some kind of compelling drama that is in the realm of comic books. Captain America Winter Soldier with some other intrigue, some other compelling points to it. It doesn't have to be a Marvel movie to be a Marvel movie. It doesn't have to feel like it. it. doesn't have to have all of the tropes and everything else that sets it up for failure or success. But there was no foundation for it to be either. It just laid flat with me. I, I, I don't care at the end. I mean, th- this, for the first time, at the end of it, I didn't care what happened next. I don't want to know. I figured that that's the end of the story. Echo lives out the rest of her existence um, with with her family, and that's it. It's the happy ending. I'm more excited to see what the potential is for the Kingpin, but again, they do they do the Kingpin dirty. I mean, they just uh, when again, no spoilers, but I'm not a fan of how they are systematically taking out all of. The, the first phase characters and just kind of euthanizing them. And you take Kingpin, which is probably by large, one of the best and most compelling street level characters that Marvel has to offer right now. Marvel just keeps losing villains. It's the same thing. And it's almost the same trap that DC has put itself in at the end of the story. You end up killing your villains. The only Marvel story that's series that's avoided this trap is Spidey for the most part, where the villains have kind of been, you know, taken out or neutralized to the best of their ability, but they're not dead. We don't have any threats left. Everyone else has just been kind of neutralized or killed off. Kingpin is the big bad that holds so much potential. And with the um the new Daredevil series that's coming up, hopefully there's there's some hopefully there's there's some hope. And and the Born Again series it looks like from the end of Echo are taking some key elements from the comic books. One of which is Kingpin running for mayor. And that is spectacular. That storyline and what they did with that was amazing. I'm not too sold on the new current idea that Kingpin might be a mutant um, in the new comic book series, but that's a, that's again, that's, that's a conversation for a different podcast, but the, the, the born again series holds a lot of potential for me. And I am hoping that we get back to the grittiness that Daredevil was over on Netflix. And I know we probably won't see him, but I'd love to see the Punisher come back with John Bentonall. 
I know Deborah Ann Worrell and Eldon Her- uh, Hansen. Yes. Eldon Henson? Yeah, Eldon Henson. Uh, Foggy are slated to come back for the Born Again series. I'm sure Echo will be back um, in this series as well. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Maybe they'll write her better. Maybe maybe they'll give her something to work with. Uh, but what we get next is anyone's guess. The Born Again series was short of amazing. It was something that nobody thought thought was possible, at least in my mind, for Daredevil. And that story and how that all was put together is is a triumph of writing and shows you there are no bad characters. Because Daredevil really never was like one of my favorites, but I respected him. I thought it was kind of a fun character. And then you read Born Again and wow, just it, it, it sheds a whole new it sheds a different light on the character in fact. So to do all of that is spectacular. I mean, the one true star out of Echo, if I'm going to be completely honest uh, and 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 truthful with you right now, uh, it's the motorcycle. <laughs> uh, the Royal Enfield Continental GT 650 is is what that motorcycle is, and it is spectacular. There are some custom points on this motorcycle, and it averages for, uh, for about 6,000. Uh, for the upgrades, I think you'll be closer to about 7,000, but it averages about um, 6,000 here in the U.S. But the, the motorcycle is gorgeous, and I think that one was a 648cc twin, uh, twin cylinder engine, and it's got some got some oomph to it. They did upgrade like the the tires and the uh, exhaust, and there's some other like some little tweaks on it because I was investigating because it's like I want one of those, and yeah, think think thinking so. But I guess that Echo uh, I, again. Will I go back and watch this again? No. I, re- I really don't – I don't see a value to going back and watching this again. I've watched a lot of the other Marvel series. I've even watched Hawkeye again, m- much to my own dismay. But I-, I still enjoyed elements of Hawkeye. There were some fun parts to it. And the revisiting of it in the beginning of Echo, I, I went in with a higher expectation thinking, oh, great, we're going to see this. We're going to build off of this. And then it just dropped like a stone. Brother's son starts – very interesting, and it, it it gears you up. There's a lot of emotion that goes into Brother Son. There's, there's the family dynamic that you want in Echo, but you don't really feel or see. Brother Son delivers it with without flaw. And, and especially when you're dealing with estranged brothers and a mother that's hiding from, you know, a criminal organization, again... I think Brother Son would have fit better as a as a Marvel. Give one of the brothers powers, and there you go. You've got a you've got a Marvel show. There's no point to Echo. There's no well, I mean, except setting up the Kingpin. But there's there's there, there there's nothing really to it. There's no real like consequence. Echo gets off and walks away from years of murder and. She's not the the queen pin at the end of it, as you know. Everyone is hoping that she would become, and everyone is running in fear from the kingpin. But he ends up running back to New York with his tail between his legs to try and, um, I guess, circle the wagons. We don't really know because it's just kind of like left 
to what Echo really does to Kingpin, and it almost feels like she takes his pain away, which is the driving force behind the character. So if she essentially euthanizes Kingpin, then there's there's no point to the character. There's no drive, because that's the hunger that the Kingpin has. And again, we get hints at the end of it that he's coming back to be the mayor, which plays directly into the comic books. But you're taking all of these stories from the comics and not focusing them properly, which is in itself heartbreaking. Echo was a fine character in the comics the way she was. I don't know if I would have done the the choices that they did. I maybe would have given Echo and this character in a different name altogether. Develop an old, whole new character. They did it in What If, Season 2, which was a remarkably well-thought-out story. I liked that one a lot, and it was something different. And again, I'm always up for something different. Just think it out. Brother Son is something different. Brother Son is spectacular. And again, short series... There's no waste. There's no fluff. There's no anything to it, and it's it's glorious. But that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Let me know what your thoughts and and feelings are on it. Uh, I'll be curious to find out. And in final news, um, Reacher is amazing. My show of the year, right there, Reacher. And I'm, again, I'm back to what would Reacher do? <laughs> That's the crutch phrase inside my head. But next week, I will expand a little bit more on what I saw with Reacher, why it is so amazing, and why uh, you need to watch it. But in the meantime, run fast, laugh hard, and always be kind. Good night!